Episode 110, The Self-Doubt Show. Today is a storytelling episode about self-doubt and whitewater rafting. And you are listening to episode number 110 of Mike Murphy Unplugged. Learn, create, move forward. I am your host, Mike Murphy. I'm a one-man band. I'm a technology junkie. I love helping people figure things out. And I am really excited to be here with you today. The goal of Mike Murphy Unplugged. It's to help you learn what you need to know in order to create online content so you can move forward in business and in life. So welcome to an episode 110, The Self-Doubt Show. So today's episode is about having the confidence to create the life you want and overcoming self-doubt. What is self-doubt? Well, according to the dictionary, self-doubt is the lack of confidence in oneself and one's abilities. The lack of confidence in oneself and one's abilities. Self-doubt in one form or another is a major issue for many people and is a primary reason why so many podcasters, personal brands, and online businesses in particular fail. But today's episode 110 is going to help you overcome and prevent self-doubt by helping you realize that the real reason that you might suffer from self-doubt is not that you lack belief in yourself and your abilities, but you focus more on proving it to others than you do to yourself. So creating the life you want is about you, not them. So let's go to the river where all of life's problems can be cured. I lived in Durango, Colorado for many years post-college, and whitewater rafting was one of the activities that I enjoyed the most. Like most ski bum resort towns, I rolled into town with my liberal arts honors degree from the University of Massachusetts Amherst, for those who are wondering, and I went from restaurant to restaurant, hoping to land a busboy job at least so I could get my foot in the door. I knew that with my cum laude degree, I could work my way up the ranks. That's only slightly sarcastic. Happily, my four-year degree landed a good bartending gig at a local's joint. My manager at the time was a guy named Kurt. Just a couple years older than me, he became one of my closest friends and my mentor on the river. So he, among others in my group, taught me how to read and navigate the river, drink beer all day in the sun, and the power of storytelling while sitting around the campfire at night, laughing, playing guitar, and telling lies, all in good fun. Now, I had been on several river trips as a passenger, but my first time behind the oars as the captain was on a six-day trip through Cataract Canyon in Utah. And this run has a high respect status in the whitewater rafting world, a.k.a. Not the ideal beginner trip. The first four days, there is nothing but flat water and not so much as a ripple. Lots of swimming, sunning, drinking, and camaraderie. But on day number five, there are 28 class three and four rapids in a row, and they increase in difficulty as the river drops in elevation. So rapid number one is the easiest, and rapid number 28 is, well, not so easy. The night before the big day of rapids, our campsite sat right next to number one the easy one. The knot in my stomach was not thinking it looked so easy. In fact, it would be the biggest rapid I had ever been on to date. So just to be clear, number one was the warm-up, okay? So here it is. My first time ever rowing a raft, I had to wake up first thing in the morning and somehow make it safely down 28 class three and four rapids that would be continuous all day long and be responsible for the safety of two of my closest friends who were passengers on my raft. Oh, And I haven't even told you about the vessel that I was using for this maiden voyage. Now, I am 5'8 on a good day. I weigh about 135, 140 pounds. My borrowed raft, covered in patches, was from an old school friend who was 6 foot plus, 200 pounds plus. The raft and the oars looked like they came from the same time period as the early settlers. Old school would be putting it mildly. 
While all my friends had carbon fiber, this and that, I could barely lift the wooden planks that doubled as oars. In for a penny, in for a pound. So a few rapids in. One of my passengers, this is one of my closest friends, got really nervous that a newbie was basically controlling her fate. Me. We all decided that it would be best if she got out on Kurt's boat because he was our guru and she would feel safer with him. Yeah, me too. But it was all good and it actually took a little pressure off me. So now it was just me and my good pal, Jen. Now she was fearless and much tougher than me. She was a longtime river guide and someone that I was very happy to have as my co-pilot because she had been down this river many times and she was as tough as nails. She jumped around the rubber of my pirate ship like a monkey to prevent the raft from high siding. That's flipping on one side. She was yelling at me whenever I was about to screw up, which was pretty much most of the day. It was not always pretty, but we made it down to rapid number 28, one of the most technical and scariest rapids of the day by far. We pulled over in an eddy on the side to scout it and to figure out what the best and safest line was. There were not many options, and one false move could make for a very bad day. There were big rapids and big holes all over the place, hungry to devour our rafts and spin them around like a washing machine. Now, the reason I had so much admiration for my friend Kurt and several of my other river friends was how much they respected the power of the river and Mother Nature. Kurt was a master oarsman, yet he never let his guard down, and he always made sure that everyone was okay. Now, there was always this nervous calm and focus when scouting serious rapids, and this one was a biggie. The leaders of our group discussed the pros and cons of each possible route, and each captain made their decision on what they were going to do. Not everybody took the exact same line. As would be the norm for this day and many years to come, Kurt calmly pulled me aside from the group and said, follow me. Take the left line no matter what. It is not going to be easy for you to get there from where we are putting the boats in, but that is your safest route. You can do it. Now, I knew he was serious. I trusted him as a friend and a mentor, even though I was not entirely sure that I could pull this off. Quietly and nervously, we all trekked back to our boats, and it was game on. I had to navigate this giant heavy boat from river right all the way across the river with an extremely strong current not wanting me to get there. I pulled and pulled on those oars and my arms hurt and I was adrenaline scared and it felt like I was running in a dream and not moving. I was approaching danger much faster than I was approaching where I needed to be and it felt like the harder I rode, the less I moved. I was running out of time. I looked up at my fearless friend Jen and said, I can't make it over there. I'm going to straighten the boat and head down here before it gets too late. I would say that I'm a pretty level-headed person. I do not freak out or panic in most situations, but I was nervous, inexperienced, and not confident in my abilities at that moment. Now for the punch. Jen had been standing behind me with hands basically on my shoulders so she'd get a higher visual and see if there were any dangers ahead and to help me navigate. And as soon as I told her that I was basically giving up on the plan, she punched me so hard in the arm and said, shut the F up and get us to the left side of the river. I think I swore, cried, and laughed all at the same time. Like magic, the next couple pulls on the oars, the raft shot through the current, I made it just in time, and I flew down the left runway of the river. I made it. It was awesome. It was fun, after the fact, and my arm hurt like hell. This trip, and hundreds of river trips after, taught me how to trust my decisions more than anything, and only focus on the task at hand. 
River rafting is all about choosing a course that you think and know is best and sticking to that plan. Oftentimes in rafting, the best move is to row right into the face of danger and pull away at the last second. And that takes an amazing amount of trust and confidence in yourself. But over time, this develops and becomes very natural, just like everything else. Like everything we do, the things that seem impossible at first get easier and easier with time. This is not self-doubt if you are inexperienced. This is lack of experience, time, practice, everything. So the self-doubt I was experiencing on that first trip and that big class four rapid, this was natural because I lacked the time on the river. I did not lack confidence in myself as a person. And in fact, I knew I was in good shape. I was skilled enough to navigate the river. My biggest fear was likely proving it to the others that I could do it. I didn't want to flip the boat and be embarrassed. I didn't want to endanger my friends. Now, the town of Durango, where I lived, had a beautiful river that ran right through the middle of town. We rafted it nearly every single day of the summer, and there was one major rapid area. Spectators lined up every day with their dogs and coolers to watch the excitement. What they were really there for was the carnage of boats flipping. Now, in my first few years of owning my own raft, the butterflies that I experienced whenever we would see these bubbling whitewater smelter rapid up ahead, it wasn't about whether I could do it. I didn't want to mess up in front of all those people or let my passengers down who had the confidence in me to take them down the river. I knew that rapid like the back of my hand, yet the self-doubt that was always surfaced had to do more with the onlookers than the voice in my head that I knew had this under control and knew what I was doing. So the moral of the story, self-doubt by definition is the lack of confidence in one's abilities. But it is my belief that most podcasters who pod fade or most creatives or freelancers or one-man bands who give up too early on finishing what they started has less to do with how they think of themselves, but more to do with the external influencers or influences. In most cases, this is friends, family, online peers, and groups. The self-doubt in many cases is not your own. It's the doubt of those around you who are worried about you or are not sure if you are going to be okay, or not sure if you really know what you're doing, you are putting too much effort and focus on proving your worth and your abilities to others instead of putting all of your efforts to get from one side of the river to the other like you set out to do and know you can do with hard work and patience. I've talked about the imposter syndrome many times in this podcast, and it's a big issue for many online creators and a major cause of self-doubt and self-esteem issues. Imposter syndrome is comparing yourself to others and seeking validation or permission to move forward. You will not succeed if you base all of your decisions on what other people think of you. And this is especially true and hard if it's people that you really care about the most. The way to move forward and prove your abilities to yourself and to others is to put the hard work in over and over. There is no better proof than just doing it. Why have I published content every day for over two years now? Not for others to put their stamp of approval, but because I am creating the life that I want and I know what it takes for me to get there. I battle with self-doubt too, and I think everybody does to some degree. But my challenge for you is to really look in the mirror and figure out what is really causing it before you throw in the towel and give up on what you set out to create. For me, I don't really identify with imposter syndrome as I really don't pay attention to what others are doing. And I know that I have more than what it takes to succeed. 
but I am human and self-doubt does get in my head when I get comments online that tells me I should have more followers or email subscribers or why are you not making good money yet or why is it taking you so long to become an overnight success? While you are building your thing or working on your craft or business, you cannot let this negativity or scrutiny or genuine concern of others manifest itself into your own self-doubt if you still believe in what you are doing just because it is taking longer than others expected or it does not look how they envisioned. The vision and reasons and time frame are yours and yours alone. Stick to the plan and do not give up unless that is the right decision made by you. In conclusion, building an online business is hard. It takes an enormous amount of time, dedication, hustle, and grind day in and day out. Creating daily content is not easy. Producing this podcast every week is not easy and creating a life that can support me doing what I love is not easy. I never thought it would be. Did you? I also never thought it would happen overnight like it does to all the pro athletes, famous musicians and celebrities and successful business owners, right? Everybody knows it takes time. Yet when you go out on your own or you take a risk or you go after your dreams or goals, why do so many people give up so soon before they had any shot of making any progress? I told the story of the river today because I credit the river with making me a better decision maker and is a major reason why I am confident in myself and my abilities to succeed in this business I am building. On the river, you put yourself in a position to succeed and you let the current guide you down. It's actually the most zen feeling and the better you are at reading the river, the easier it is. You ever hear the phrase, stop swimming upstream? I was single-handedly responsible for the outcome of myself and the safety of others on my boat all the time. But as I got more experienced and skilled, I never once thought about impressing others. I only concentrated on the next move. This is how I think things through now in my business and day-to-day -day life. I am building this for me, so the decisions need to align with my vision, not how others think it should be. Self-doubt is real. It's hard to overcome, but all I ask is that you understand the source and do not give up too soon for the wrong reasons is all. There is no universal timeline that guarantees success in podcasting or starting a business, but there is a guarantee that to be good and confident and skilled at anything takes time and patience, and without either, it's not going to happen. Use the self-doubt caused by inexperience and lack of time to your advantage to make you more hungry and work even harder. Do not misinterpret this as a sign that you need to quit or give up or take another route on the river when the rapids get scary. Whatever you do, stop listening. Ignore the negativity that is trying to make their doubt yours. You got this. And if I can help, just say the word. Email me anytime, mike at mikemurphy.co. And remember, the show notes for today will be at mikemurphy.co forward slash EP110. If you have not already done so, be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss a future episode. And if you are using the new iOS 11 on your iPhone or iPad, it's now really easy to leave a rating and review. So if you did that for me, I would really appreciate the iTunes love. It helps. I thank you for joining me. I hope you join my one-man band. And together, we can learn, create, and move forward. Cheers. <laughs>